Welcome to the Granary Church Mums and Kids podcast, where we want to have meaningful conversations around parenting, health, education, and creative ways to survive lockdown. We'll be blessed with many special guests, and you'll be lovingly hosted by Mel Atia. Mel is a part of the Granary Church's pastoral staff, has worked as a physiotherapist, and is an amazing mother of four. We pray this resource blesses and encourages you at this time. Welcome everyone to the Mums and Kids podcast. We're in conversation today with Russell and Lisa, who are longtime members of the Granary and are involved in a number of different ministries. They've raised four children who are now successfully making their way in life as young adults. They would admit to having made their share of mistakes, but finding God's grace makes all the difference. Welcome, Russell and Lisa. Hello. Hello, Mel. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here today. It's great to have a conversation with you guys. It's been a crazy season. I know you've had um, had some time in lockdown after overseas cha- uh, travel and um, been uh, all cooped up together for a little while. How have you been travelling? Well, we left home in early March um, thinking we were going to be overseas for, for six weeks the primary purpose of the trip was for our son to be married in Amsterdam to his German fiance. Her name's Rachel. And um, while we were overseas in Germany and then in Amsterdam for those first two weeks was when the world changed dramatically. Um, so thankfully we did see our son Peter married to his fiance Rachel. But After that, we were on the plane and we were coming home and our holiday was cut short by four weeks, which was very disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing indeed. So how about the rest of the family? How have you been um, affected by this current season of COVID and isolation and all being at home? Well, one of the the first thing we observed was was watching um, Peter and Rachel adjusting to their marriage plans. So, you know, this was going to be a church wedding, 150 guests, um, and then they were going to have um, a trip to to Germany to celebrate with the German relatives and friends and and then part of their their um, honeymoon was to come back to Australia and do do the same with the friends here. Oh, yes. And and we watched every day their, their, another part of their dream just dissolved, mm. and um, it was. And I, I have to say, I was really proud of watching their response to that because um, you know we all dream about how our wedding is going to be, and um, and just seeing how um, they really they did grieve. You know, there was that lamenting process of this is not what we planned. This is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is disappointing, and on the other side, being able to um, appreciate and be grateful, and just recognizing these are the most important components of this. We still got to um, to make our vows to one another. We did it with the immediate family and some very close friends, um, and now we're married. Yes, yes. I guess it, and in one sense, it's you know they they got where they needed to be, <laughs> but um, but by a very different route than they planned for. Yeah, yeah. So Peter's um, um, siblings, along with Lisa and I, were all able to travel to Amsterdam for the wedding, um, but obviously um, the COVID crisis affected them as well because. 
um, they'd planned to spend some time in London with us on, on the UK part of the trip. So um, the, the, the result was that we all came home on the same plane yes. uh, immediately after the wedding. So we missed four weeks and they missed one week. Um, so, yeah, it really has impacted the family holiday. And mm. but, but as we said before, the most important thing is that we were there for Peter and Ra- Rachel's wedding. Um, Unfortunately, her her parents got through from um, Germany to Holland before the shutdown happened, but the sad thing was um, that her three brothers um, were not able to make it to the wedding, which Uh was was very disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. um, And in terms of other things that have affected us, well, we've certainly um, missed meeting with people at church Mm -hmm. on Sunday, that's for sure. The, the Zoom telecasts um, have, or the Zoom meetings have certainly helped with connect groups, um, but there's nothing quite like meeting together in a large congregation and uh, worshipping together and, and greeting one another on a Sunday and just sharing life together. And, and like everybody else at the Granary Church, we've, we've all missed that. Yeah, it's definitely a, a real sense of loss, isn't it? Um, as as fantastic as this is that we've, if you ever had to have a pandemic, we've never been better placed in a way in terms of being able to keep in touch. Even 30 years ago, you know, if this had happened, we would have all been feeling a lot uh, more disconnected, but nothing replaces face-to-face, does it, and time and being able to give someone a hug. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> that's that's going to to really uh, take a while before we um, we're back to that again. I think. Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like having a, a relationship with your fiance, partner, or even your wife. You know, if you if you were one of these people that has to go away for and work somewhere else for a long period of time, and yes, you can phone each other and you can uh, Skype each other, mm. and uh, but there's nothing quite like being together. No, that's right. That's right. So when you got home and you all went into lockdown, that was a pretty busy, um, a busy household. Uh, wasn't going anywhere, but you must have been busy inside those four walls for two weeks. How did how were your relationships stretched at that time, and and um, how did you respond to different stresses that might have happened? Um, I think. One of the things that that was clear was that um, different people had different responsibilities, and so for for those who had particularly had work responsibilities um, or ministry responsibilities, those things had to be prioritised. And so you know, each day it was okay. Who has meetings at what times? What space are you going to use? Um, there was a, there was a lot of movement of furniture, <laughs> a lot of relocating, <laughs> um, and. Yeah. With cleaning, because yeah. whenever you move furniture, there's always oh, dust yes. bunnies, isn't there? And yes. dead cockroaches. Yes, we, found, we have found plenty of those. Um, and and you may have noticed that there were odd occasions when um, worship music from the granary did have the reflections of people sneaking past in the garden. Yes. <laughs> we didn't realise that you could see us in the glass. That's funny. <laughs> oh. So, so um, Claire and Alice were able to set up workstations in the house where they could connect with um, their workplaces and um, and places for Zoom meetings and uh, because there was six of us, um, so um, 
with that you know interruption to life what what would life normally be like back in Newcastle um, there it was in this you know every all six people um, in one house uh-huh. um, sorting out those sorts of issues so um, but overall um, after sorting out some of those things um, I think the period of isolation went very well. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was almost like it was our, our Clayton's holiday because um, to spend time together as a family um, with limited interruptions is is an unusual thing. And so it, it was lovely just having all our meals together. Um, yeah, it was that was good. It it was um, really special that we got home just before the compulsory two weeks in a hotel room in Sydney. Yes. So we were able to do it um, in a in our one of our house when I say our houses, our family holiday house. Yes. Um, so the um, the blessing of that compared to being cooped up in a Sydney hotel room um, was unbelievably good. Oh, absolutely. Yes, that would have been <laughs> yes, the fallout from that could have been very ugly. Very <laughs> ugly indeed. So I, I guess you've, your kids are all grown up. They're not really kids anymore. Um, but what do you imagine um, this whole thing's been like and some of the stresses that people with younger children have been going through uh, at this time? How might they have been stretched? I think everybody, whatever stage their um, children are at, finds that their their primary relationships are stressed. And so for us, it definitely puts stress on our marriage. One of the amusing things was that our our very good friend, um, John Attia, had some time ago recommended a book to us by um, the Kellers, Kathy and Tim Keller, Keller, um, The Meaning of Marriage. And um, we devoured that book. It's, a, it's excellent. And so when we were out at Kurong, we found a daily devotional um, by Tim, Tim and Kathy Keller. We thought, oh. this will be good. This is a marriage devotional. Um, so one of the, the, dev- the devotions whilst we were in our lockdown um, after the passage had this reflection and it said, have you ever made an effort to step away from your own desires in order to give to the other? Um, over time, does this balance out in your marriage or does one of you feel like you're always the one who makes the sacrifice? Discuss this honestly with your spouse. So Russell <laughs> read this out and then his response was, well, I'm definitely the one who's made the most sacrifices. <laughs> oh, man, that's a red flag, isn't it? Like this conversation can't have ended well, surely. <laughs> it, it did end two and a half hours later. <laughs> it went from breakfast to lunch. Oh, my goodness, yes. So when you're in isolation and, you know, you haven't got a commitment, well, such a, such a, a question, a challenging question, promotes some challenging responses mm. and um, they went back and forth quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was I mean, we wonder why anyone would pose that question in a marriage enrichment book. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it did, it did cause us to talk about um, how when you're giving um, to someone else, how we tend to be very aware of the sacrifice that we're making, um, but we are less aware of, sacrifices others are making for for us and so that's why it, it is this feeling of yep I give more yeah because because of that hyper awareness so it it reminded us of reflecting on what the uh, what others do for us yes and being thankful and expressing thankfulness even for the many everyday things yeah that, that people are doing yeah that was it was really helpful 
Yeah. Yeah. I could imagine every single person would answer, I'm the one who who's doing all the giving, actually. <laughs> um, and you're right, because our perspective is very, um, very much focused on ourselves, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember uh, a message I heard from Steve Fison, who's also part of our church, and he and he challenged us about the word sin, S-I-N. And he said, remember this. It stands for your self-indulgent nature. So I've always um, remembered that and that's what comes through in the answer to this question that there's this natural tendency for us to be self-indulgent, to think of ourselves, to think of the sacrifices we're making, that that we are the one that's, um, you know, giving up our special treats or whatever it might be, our time in order for our family and uh, that's, that's a, 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 I guess, a natural inclination that we have and that's the challenge um, as Christians to conquer that. Mm. It, it was funny that um, while, during that, that same week, actually, a family member um, suggested to us a resource. They didn't know what was going on, but um, they said, look, there's a great um, sermon on YouTube from Rick Warren. It's called How to Restore, Restore, sorry, Resolve Conflict and Restore Relationships. <laughs> it goes for about an hour and a quarter. I cannot imagine wow. a congregation sitting for that length, but it is um, just gold. Hmm. And one of the, the um, standout lines in that was he said, the most powerful sentence any of us can use is, I'm sorry, I was only thinking of myself. Mm. And I think that's important particularly for husbands and wives, but I think often, you know, it, it can be the um, answer to child as well when, when you know, as a parent we um, have been, we, or maybe we come to the realisation that we've been really very indulgent with our activities, our own, our yeah. own activities. and. Um, and I think it's a wonderful thing and it's one of the keys, I think, to um, our parenting that over the years we've been able to say to our children, look, um, I'm sorry, Peter, or I'm sorry, Andrew, um, and I hadn't really knew, didn't really know the line, I was only thinking of myself at the time. But, yep. but I think um, as a parent to be able to say to your child, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, um, I was wrong, um, and and then and that will you forgive me? That's right. And then that promotes then a healthy conversation between you as the parent and your child. And for me as a dad, I found that one of the most powerful tools that I had that I could use as a parent. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. So what do you think God's been teaching you in your time with a bit of extra space in your life at the moment, with everything on hold? What what um what do you think? I know this is an unscripted question, but <laughs> what, do you, what have you been learning or what do you think God's been showing you? I think that, that how important it is to slow and listen. Yeah. And, um, and it sometimes takes extraordinary measures um, from God to get me to do that. <laughs> so, so this has been one of those extraordinary measures um, because it's not until we hear from him that we recalibrate our direction, mm. um, but we also understand 
you know, who we are, how he's created us to be. And uh, just back to the Keller book again, Mel, I think um, the whole book, um, well, so it's it's going for all, for the whole year. So we're up to May the May the 8th today. Yes, that's um, right. So, so far we've had, you know, four months of challenges every day. And I think um, what's coming through in the book, and, it, you know, even though, even though we've been married for 33 years, is that um, how prepared are you to um, be challenged often about your selfish desires, your selfish motives, mm. rather than working together as a couple? And sure, you know, there will be times when you have differences of opinion. There'll be times when, you know, things don't go so well at the moment, well, things aren't going so well at the moment. Um, but the challenge is to not let those small issues turn into huge, large issues that can then mm-hmm. consequently be very damaging, um, to be prepared to um, ask a difficult question or a question that you know um, uh, might resolve it or, on the other hand, it might actually inflame yeah. things a little <laughs> bit more for a while, but it's, yeah. it's having the courage to tackle an issue rather than let it um, be the elephant in the room yeah. or, you know, the silent thing that's actually gnawing away at yeah. inside you and and uh, before you know it, something can escalate into something that's out mm. of control and, you know, before you know it, there's a fire, so, so, so mm-hmm. to speak, and, and it seems impossible to put out. Yeah, I think that that analogy of the elephant in the room or something gnawing away at you. I mean, we've we've just had our 25th wedding anniversary and so we're at the stage now where we're seeing people that were married just before us or a similar time to us whose marriages have not, um, you know, stayed the course. And when they're close friends, um, you can sort of get a bit forensic and and sort of learn from their um, their experience, and often it is the elephant in the room, and it starts out as a baby elephant, <laughs> but um, you know it's tricky to handle. Um, but we'll just ignore it for a while, and but that elephant keeps growing and growing and growing. And I guess the one thing I've learned vicariously, and I'm certainly no expert at it by any means, but. Mm. It's better to deal with something, however difficult it is at the time, because to deal with a woolly mammoth in ten years' time <laughs> is yeah. is a lot harder than than um, the small Asian element elephant you've got sitting in your living room now. Yeah, um, and it's often been um, small, tiny things that were left unaddressed that become, it's mountains out of molehills, but those mountains end up crushing things irreparably. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I, can, I can say, Mel, that in our 33 years there have been two occasions where we felt that the issue before us at the time was difficult enough to seek the help of somebody else. Mm. And um, I think... I think of two occasions when we actually did go and see what we might term a marriage counsellor. And have a few sessions. Yeah, yeah. and Mm. sought the wisdom of somebody else who was detached from the situation, prepared to listen to both of us, feedback to us what they were hearing and help us to see 
the picture more clearly because, as I said earlier, you know, we can be so um, one-eyed, so focused on our own issues um, that we just can't see what 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 is it that this other person is driving at. Yeah. And uh, I think it's always helpful that if you really want um, the relationship to improve and and I love that word restore, you know, I love to see things being restored um, and hopefully the heart of the husband, the wife, or if necessary, the, the child, um, if it's a parent-child thing, we're, we're prepared to seek help and um, because there's a, a deep desire for a relationship to be restored. Mm, mm. And that's the heart of God in it, isn't it? Indeed. That's what he would want. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So other than catching up with people when all this is over, because I think that's an, a huge priority for many of us, what's the one other thing that you can't wait to do that you currently can't do, that you're going to run out and do as soon as we can we can do so. Well, we did talk about, you know, the, the being able to gather at church. That's great too. Uh-huh. Um, but I think, you know, it's just that wanting to be part of the community again, mm. um, feeling like, for instance, you walk down the street at the moment, people cross the road. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know. It makes you feel like you've got leprosy, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and, and it would just be lovely to, you know, walk down the street and for people to instead of sort of walking on the side of the road to say hello, you yes. know, just even a hello or a smile just makes such a big difference and, and that sense of um, feeling that you do belong to a community mm. and uh, it's just so important to the health of our everyday life, that, that yeah. sense of belonging which, um, yeah. And, and I just love corporate worship. I I just yes. can't wait to be back in, in church and, and being together worshipping. Yeah, no, I think I can relate to both of those. Well, thank you for coming on to the podcast today. Um, we've loved having you and really look forward to perhaps welcoming you both back in the future. Uh, join us again next week and we will be hearing from another special guest. So thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having thank us, you. Mel. Thanks for listening today. If you found this podcast helpful, why not subscribe or share it with someone you know? If you'd like help, advice or encouragement in parenting, please contact the Granary Church at granary.org.au.